It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams. Welcome everybody back. Super Bowl is over. The Chiefs are representing with the hardware. Andy Reid gets his first Super Bowl win in his career. Patrick Mahomes, MVP last year, Super Bowl ring this year. He is on a great path to be one of the best quarterbacks out there. And other than the Super Bowl ring, he took home some other hardware from the NFL Awards. And we're going to talk about those NFL Awards today here on the show, as well as kind of mention a little bit more about the Super Bowl as we go along. Don't want to spend too much more time on that because we're here talking Rams. The Chiefs won. It's over. 2019 is in the books. We are now fast forwarding and looking ahead to 2020, but I'm sure we'll have some conversations about the game and looking at how it affects everybody, and especially in the NFC West back-to-back years with Super Bowl runner-up. Kind of sad, but uh, this year, kind of glad it worked out that way. But also, as we mentioned with the awards, we're going to look over the weekend and talk about a few of the Rams that were nominated and where they fell in the rankings and how that kind of worked out. Uh, Those happened on Saturday before the game, but obviously with the game, it got buried as far as attention. But we're going to talk about it a little bit today. Uh, Again, don't forget, next week we're doing our full week crossover with the NFC West. So if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, when it regards our division, hit me up. I want to hear what you guys want us to talk about, as well as if you have a question for one of the other hosts, I'd love to pitch it on our crossovers. We are doing it Monday through Friday next week. Each host is going to run a day, talk about how their team was affected this year, how they're looking forward to next year, and then we're going to kind of recap on that Friday episode. So five-day crossover next week. Really excited about that. But you can hit me up on all social media platforms, Lockdown Rams, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook group, as well as LA underscore Rambling Bear. Shoot me a DM, throw an at my way, ask me a question, thought, comment, concern, anything you want to hear in the next following week. So I'm really excited about that, but we've got a great show for today, and we're going to get into it. Eh, Let's get into it right about now. Super Bowl weekend wasn't just about the Chiefs and the Niners. The NFL held their annual awards show, also celebrating their 100th year in the NFL. And if you're like me, you might have been surprised where a few of the Rams players landed. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and this is your lead story. And starting with comeback player of the year, Cooper Cup, the man, the myth, the cup. Coop. If you've ever been out to the LA Memorial Stadium, he is definitely getting those shouts every time he makes a big play. But he was up for the running as far as comeback player of the year. And he didn't only just come up this weekend in these awards show. Him and his wife were out at the awards shows uh, being interviewed and they were talking about all the great things they did this year. But if you paid attention to anything during the season, we were talking about it all the time. I can't believe this guy, if you forgot, tore his ACL Last year versus Seattle, early in the season, and after nine months, he was back out on the field and making plays like he never left. Looking back at his 2019, Cup put up 94 catches on 134 targets, 1,161 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Oh, by the way, 
Cup was the only receiver in the league with 90 plus catches, 1,100 yards or more, and 10 touchdowns. The only one. His 220 yards versus Cincinnati in the London game was the second most this year by a wideout in a single game. Only Amari Cooper had more. And when I say more, he only had six more yards uh, when they faced Green Bay earlier in the season. So this guy was doing it in all forms and fashion. Catches, yards, touchdowns, like no season we saw from any other wide receiver in the NFL this year. And to go a little bit deeper, more fun Cooper Cup, amazing after his injury stats, comeback player of the year, hopeful. Cup was sixth this year in yards after catch with 549. That was only about 80 yards off the leader, Chris Godwin. Also, little shout out to our man, Robert Woods, who came in third on that list with 613 yards after catch. Cup and Woods were yak masters. And that was kind of the way this offense was set up. Jared Goff had to get the ball out quick with the way our offense line was this year. Some questions there, and obviously we're going to talk about that further in this offseason. Cup, as we mentioned, with those 10 touchdowns, of those 10 touchdowns, five of them came in the last five games, so he finished red hot to close the season, something you thought that maybe the voters would take into consideration. But that wasn't enough to take home the Comeback Player of the Year award, or even enough to get more than one vote. Yep, that's right. Cooper Cup only received one vote for that Comeback Player of the Year. Now, I get it. It was a crowded group. You had... Uh, Jimmy G, who was also coming off his own knee injury and, quote, leading his team to the Super Bowl. And I, I say, quote, there as I do my fingers because his defense was massive and the running game we all know was tops in the NFL. Uh, but he had a great year, stayed healthy, got his team to the Super Bowl. He received the second most votes with 15. Darren Waller, tight end for the Raiders. He has a crazy story, a crazy background. They kind of highlighted it out in hard knocks this season. Wasn't really sure what you were going to get out of him as far as production. He had an amazing year, had him on my fantasy team, did pretty well, proud of what he did on my team, but also as kind of a comeback story, really good story. He came in third in the votes with eight votes, and then there was Cooper Cup down there at one. He wasn't the only one just to get one Richard Sherman, Carson Wentz, Dalvin Cook also got one vote in this category. Richard Sherman, again, another guy coming off a major injury. But what Cooper did as far as statistically at his position, I thought he'd garner a few more votes. But the winner was Ryan Tannehill, who came back from playing for the Dolphins, I guess. And don't get me wrong. I mean, he was a high draft pick for the Dolphins a handful of years ago. Didn't work out in Miami. He ended up taking up that backup role in Tennessee. Then about week six or seven, uh, took over for Mariota. Came in halfway through a game. I think they lost that game, but then they went on a roll. He helped Tennessee get to the playoffs, not only make the playoffs, but then make a really decent run. They went all the way to the AFC Championship. It could have been them in the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Chiefs and their comeback ways uh, did that to Tennessee, but... Ryan Tannehill came home with the win. He had 16 votes and just edged out Super Bowl runner-up Jimmy Garoppolo. So poor Jimmy, man. He came in second twice this weekend. But the great thing about Cooper Cup is the award would have been nice, yes. But uh, he is a hard worker. This will only be another little chip on his shoulder for him to go work harder in the offseason. He had an amazing season. And as a Rams fan, you got to be excited about what he put up last year and what we can expect for him in 2020. Probably one of the most consistent players on the Rams team last year. Well, that was just Comeback Player of the Year. We've got more to get to. I'm going to talk about Defensive Player of the Year as well as kind of recap some of the other awards that were given out. Aaron Ground, Player of the Year, MVP. 
Coach of the Year, as well as the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. So stay with us. We got more coming up on the other side. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. As we continue to look at the NFL award show and some of the big awards that came out from that day, Saturday, the day before the Super Bowl, the other big award that the Rams were a part of or had a horse in the race, as you could say, was Defensive Player of the Year, an award that you almost just think Aaron Donald's going to just walk into that award ceremony and just collect every year. If he won it this year, it would have been his third year in a row winning Defensive Player of the Year. That would have been something that's never happened in the NFL before, but that wasn't the case. Instead, Stefan Gilmore was named Defensive Player of the Year. He becomes the first cornerback to win Defensive Player of the Year in over a decade. Charles Woodson was the last cornerback to win the DPOY, Defensive Player of the Year, back in 2009. The only player to do it before that was Deion Sanders back in 1994. So basically, the cornerback position doesn't get much love. And I totally agree. Stefan Gilmore had a great season. We're going to recap that here in just a second. But Aaron Stankin, Donald, just watching, just listening to other players, coaches talk about the impact that he brings every single time that he lines up on the field. We know the numbers. And weirdly, they were a step back. And we know this because Aaron Donald was named, and we talked about it last week or two weeks on the show, uh, was named PFF Defensive Player of the Year. That's his fourth time uh, getting that award from Pro Football Focus. And they just basically said, we can't give it to anybody else due to the fact of what this guy does in the game from that position, defensive interior lineman. 
And we'll hit the numbers again because they still are amazing. 80 pressures this past season, 12 and a half sacks, an NFL high, 20 tackles for loss, two forced fumbles. And yes, looking back to last year uh, when he put up those 20 and a half sacks and he put up that ungodly amount of 106 pressures, you might look and be like, oh, this is a step back year for him. It wasn't as loud. It wasn't as dominating as performance. The Rams struggled up and down last season on consistency whether that was a few of those defensive games that we've highlighted many of times on this show, the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Bucks, just to name a few that their defense didn't really come out. And Donald on some of those games didn't have the big stat sheet. And he's not always going to have the big stat sheet because he's getting three or four guys on him consistently. But the most shocking thing to me, not that he didn't win the award, because that was probably number two of the most shocking thing out of this defensive player of the year award. But it was that he got one vote. I don't know. There's one guy out there that likes the Rams that voted for Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. But for this guy to get one vote as far as defensive player of the year shocked me. Tredavious White got one vote. Daniel Hunter got one vote. Shaq Barrett, who burst onto the scene on that one-year deal down in Tampa Bay. And, and I think he had like 10 sacks in the first like three games or something like that. He ended up with two votes. TJ Watt came in third with 10. Chandler Jones had 14 votes. Got to give it up for Chandler Jones. He consistently puts up numbers. And at his age, it is just amazing to see what he's doing on the defense side of the ball. And then Stephon Gilmore, almost a runaway, 21 votes. Uh, Chandler Jones, as I mentioned, next closest with 14. Uh, but I was shocked to hear that Aaron Donald wasn't even in that conversation in that top three. And don't get me wrong, TJ Watt, I may have said JJ a few seconds ago, but TJ Watt, had an amazing year. He had two interceptions, eight pass defenses, eight forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, 36 quarterback hits, 14 tackles for loss, 14 and a half sacks, 55 combined tackles. He was voted Steelers 2019 Most Valuable Player. He was selected to multiple All-Pro teams and also was an NFL Pro Bowler this season. Uh, that was the second straight season for him. And TJ Watt was also the closest when it came to pro football focus, final score of the year. He checked in at 91.3 compared to Aaron Donald's 93.7. Gilmore's grade was 82.8. Again, Gilmore amazing in man-to-man coverage. On the season, quarterbacks have only completed 24 of 66 passes for 280 yards. He had nearly as many interceptions as he had pass deflected. That was a 20 combined Also in man coverage, when quarterbacks targeted him, they had a 12.2 passer rating. That is right. That is a dominant cornerback. He is a guy that basically what Bill Belichick does is just take him, put him on the guy you want to take out of the game plan, and that is what is done. But like pro football focus, that number starts to stretch a little bit the other way when Gilmore is in zone coverage, not his strength. He played man coverage over 65% of the time, so obviously that wasn't a hindering factor in him this year. He led the league in interceptions with six. He also had two passes in which he took to the house for touchdowns. This man had an amazing year, nothing against him, but a little interesting to see Aaron Donald with only one vote. But the thing I will, as I take this and spin this, the thing that I do love about this is Boy, oh boy, does that have to put a little bit of a chip on Aaron Donald's shoulder. Maybe not. Maybe he said, okay, I've got enough of those awards. But to only get one vote, are you kidding me? I know a guy like Aaron Donald that's already working out and getting ready for next season and doing all the craziest drills that you could imagine. 
body fat down to what two three percent quickness and speed like nobody else we've seen in the NFL coming from the inside of the D line. Like I said, Pro Football Focus named him Defensive Player of the Year. Everyone out in LA knows what he means to the Rams. Everyone in the NFL and the NFC West knows what it's like to game plan against him, and that is hell. But this is a little exciting for me in the fact that he was slighted in this for the first time in a long time. Maybe that gives him just that little bit extra of that chip on the shoulder to come back harder next season to get the guys around him to work harder. That is the big thing for the Rams and that D-line is trying to get production outside of Aaron Donald. We saw people like Dante Fowler, Clay Matthews have great seasons coming off the edge this year because of so much attention to Aaron Donald. That also brings up the case of maybe that's why you don't pay a guy like Dante Fowler, that you can go find a cheaper guy, come in, and no matter who plays alongside Aaron Donald coming off that edge, we'll see production. But we need to see a couple more guys helping out on the inside next to Aaron Donald. And of course, we got to get that rush defense, that yard per carry down a little bit. It was right around that 3-4, 3-5 over the last couple of years. Bringing that down is definitely going to help out the defense in that secondary. But one vote, guys, come on. Not happy about that, but we're going to jump over to our third segment. We're going to recap a little bit here. We're going to talk about all the other awards, Coach of the Year, MVP, Aaron Ground Game, Player of the Year, all that we're going to recap in that third segment. Close out this NFL Honors show. Stay with us. We got more coming up on the other side. So as we close out the show here, and we are talking NFL honors, the NFL award show, celebrating 100 years in the NFL, and that just blows my mind. 100 years of the NFL, football in general, this goes way back. And when we come up with all these stats and we talk about first time ever, most ever in a season, as we've done with Aaron Donald and all these other guys, Sean McVay last year, Jared Goff as far as getting to the Super Bowl, those things are pretty incredible when you step back and look at the massive picture of what the NFL has done over that 100 years, how they've stretched, how they've changed the game. Some would say for good, some would say for bad, but here we are addicted to this game called National Football League, and we're talking about the awards. This is what they do every year, um, and they get together and do it the day before the Super Bowl. That's something that they kind of picked up, I don't know how many years ago, but uh, that is something that they are doing the week of the Super Bowl to bring up all the hype. And uh, the big award of the night always is the MVP. And for the first time since Tom Brady, the MVP, all 50 votes went to the man, Lamar Jackson. I don't think you can really argue with that. He was just incredible. For a guy that was drafted with the last pick of the first round by the Baltimore Ravens, they traded back into that first round to go get this guy. He was the last one in the green room. Everyone was talking about, oh, well, you know, you got to move him to wide receiver, maybe running back. He's not a true passer and this and that. And if you watch him, he's not a true passer. He doesn't look like that classic pocket quarterback. He doesn't always throw from the same arm angle. He is unique. He is, in a sense, kind of a, another form of Patrick Mahomes, but probably a little bit faster. The guy put up so many yards on the ground and through the air and really proved to people this year that he could do it in the pocket, that he could do it throwing the football 
And he's got a good young core of receivers and tight ends, and I'm sure they're going to continue to add weapons with him in the draft. But 50 votes, all 50 votes went to Lamar Jackson, and deserving so. Uh, I think this is one of the years where there wasn't much of an argument. Maybe you had a few people in the Russell Wilson boat for a while, and then he fell off a little bit near the end of the season. Derrick Henry and the amazing stuff that he did on the ground. But a lot of that, again, uh, not as big as what Lamar Jackson was doing. He had us every single week with our jaws to the floor and what he was doing uh, through the air and on the ground. He was a spectacular player and much-deserved, most valuable player. As we go down the line here, we look at NFL Offensive Player of the Year, and that went to Michael Thomas. He got 19 votes, Lamar Jackson 17. Always interested when the MVP gets 50 votes unanimous, and then they're like, and then specifically, just on the offense side, uh, it's not you, which I kind of found interesting. Michael Thomas, don't get me wrong, as much as I'm not a fan, uh, obviously coming from the Saints, obviously I think that he's a little bit on the whiny side. Um, he goes to Twitter a lot. He gets kind of, he's, he's in his feelings a lot. He gets, you know, kind of defensive a lot on Twitter. Uh, but you got to admit, he had an incredible season. The most catches in the NFL history. Again, as we open up the segment talking about how long this goes back. Uh, Michael Thomas did that this year. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, amazing, amazing performance from what he did. Again, through the air, catching it and running it. Most combined yards at that running back position through the air and on the ground. Overall total yards, that was Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he came in third with 12 votes. Russell Wilson, who we were just mentioning, one vote. And Patrick Mahomes, one vote. But Michael Thomas takes home the AP Offensive Player of the Year. We covered the Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job, Stephon Gilmore. And it's nice to see uh, the NFL break out a little bit and go to a different position, at, like cornerback. And we we're looking at MVP in the Super Bowl last night, and you're looking at Damian Williams, who had just an amazing game and really could have argued uh, at any other position to be the MVP of the game. And instead, they went with Patrick Mahomes, and you get it because he's the quarterback, but uh, you kind of just assume just like the MVP in, in the regular season, that it's going to go to that position, that quarterback. So uh, to see a guy at the cornerback position on the defense side, I guess I'm not too mad. Uh, Ryan Tannehill took home NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, Greg Roman took home uh, NFL Assistant Coach of the Year. Pretty much hands down for him, 41 votes. Robert Sala picked in three votes. That was the next highest. Um, and we saw Robert Sala on TV about 41 times uh, every time the Niners were on TV, if you guys watched some of those games, and maybe you were like me, maybe you weren't, but uh, every time the Niners were on, they just kept cutting to Robert Sala, flexing on the sidelines. I was like, that is the best drinking game anytime the Niners are on. Just anytime they show Robert Sala, you take a drink, and let's see if you make it to the fourth quarter. But uh, that's no here or there. Greg Roman, amazing job. Uh, for the rookies, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, Nick Bosa, landslide, 43 votes. Max Crosby had four. Devin Bush had two. Josh Allen had one. Nick Bosa, man, he definitely deserved that. He balled out in the Super Bowl. His energy, his presence, uh, what a pick at number two for the 49ers you're talking about. Obviously, we know who went number one there in our division, Kyler Murray, who we'll talk about here in just a second. Uh, it was kind of a hands down for Arizona, kind of a no brainer for Arizona looking uh, to kind of start fresh. They had Drew Rose in there, but they weren't really happy with the fit. They had some new people in the 
front office. They went and got that pick. But, man, Nick Bosa falling in the lap at number two. Niners didn't even have to think about it. Uh, he might have been the best player in that draft. And then, as we said, we'll bring him up here again. AP NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, Kyler Murray. Uh, 26 and a half votes, it looks like. That's weird. I don't even know what that means. 26 and a half. Uh, Josh Jacobs had 13. AJ Brown with that 9.5 to round out those votes. I'm not sure how they did that. Maybe a split vote somewhere. Uh, and then Miles Sanders had one. Josh Jacobs, Raiders running back. Um, amazing season. If he didn't get banged up near the end, might have had a chance. Uh, they had a couple games where he didn't really get off, but uh, looking at what I've seen via the fantasy world, we know that he put up some big numbers. And Kyler Murray uh, really just took that Arizona team from uh, the least points that they had in their franchise last year to a massive jump. Really something as far as Arizona hasn't seen in a while as that quarterback position, that wow factor. He is a small guy, I tell you that, running around back there, but he is tough to get to. He has got a cannon. I think he's going to be exciting uh, to watch in the NFC West. And then the big award for the coaches, the coach of the year. And this one was interesting. I thought maybe Kyle Shanahan and then turn around a massive from four wins to the Super Bowl. He came in second with 14 and a half votes. John Harbaugh, 27 and a half votes. He takes it home. What he did with the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, the MVP, that amazing record through the regular season, uh, big wins against some big time teams, including the New England Patriots. But then when it got to the playoffs, it all kind of fell apart. They might go back and look at that week 17 where they sat some of their starters and maybe have a different idea about that. And the Rams obviously know about that as well. Uh, going back a few years when they had Atlanta come into town and we rested some starters in week 17 uh, and then lost that game. First game in the playoffs. Maybe coaches stand by that still, but I think you might want to get your guys in there. Maybe just a half. I understand you want to protect them from injuries and things like that, but uh, we saw what happened to the Ravens taking week 17 off and then going in a little bit flat and then hitting that wall of Derrick Henry and those Tennessee Titans, and that was something to watch in that game. I mean, Derrick Henry in the playoffs was something to watch. And then Walter Payton, man of the year. Calais Campbell of the Jaguars. If you watched, uh, if you're still following Serena Morales on Twitter or Instagram, she actually had a chance to interview him down at the Super Bowl. And if you haven't heard him just talk, just go listen to some clips from him. He's got one of the deepest, coolest, uh, manliest NFL voices. But also, he is just a gentle, warm, incredible person. Uh, very deserving of this award. Gives back to the community. Has a foundation under his name. Uh, that really what his goal is here is, is, quote, committing to enhancement of our community through the teaching of critical life skills to young people. So he does amazing stuff out there. So congratulations to all those guys. And then the FedEx Air and Ground Players of the Year, Lamar Jackson Air, could have been ground two. And then Derek Henry Ground, those guys were absolutely unstoppable at times and uh, going to kind of looping these into fantasy football. Uh, you might want to look to get one of those guys next year. Probably going to have to draft them pretty high, but touchdown machines, monsters all over the place. Uh, fantasy player of the year. As we talk about it, Christian McCaffrey took home that reward. He was a PPR monster catching the ball, putting up yards, putting up touchdowns. So another guy that's probably going to go number one overall next year, or at least in your top three, depending on how you look at some of those guys uh, like Saquon Barkley and a few other guys that we had just mentioned. So that is the awards. That is how it broke down. Those are my thoughts on it. You may have seen it. You may have not. Aaron Donald got snubbed one 
stinking vote. As well as Cooper Cup, one stinking vote. Come on, people. Give me like a, a five, six so I can feel good about it. But yeah, like I said earlier, why not? Put a chip on our shoulders. Make us work a little bit harder. It's exciting to see Cooper Cup back healthy. It's exciting to see Aaron Donald at any point. Uh, the man is just a monster out there. So uh, appreciate you guys listening. Got some great shows the rest of the week. Stay tuned with us. We're going to be diving deeper into some of these awards. And then we're going to look into get into our uh, mock draft. We didn't get to do it on Monday. Didn't get to do it today. So maybe we'll talk about some of the draft potentials coming up. We got a conversation with Jake Ellenbogen later in the week. So we've got some great stuff. I appreciate you guys. But with that said, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.